0: So, I've really enjoyed this Live Life Fool series. It's really been answering the question of why do we exist as a church? And what are our core values? What are the things that kind of get us moving? And growing up as a kid, I was in church from the day, like, the day I was born. And I thought the church was like a building that I went to. And to be honest, I didn't really want to go, but I went because my family took me. And, like, I went to church, and then I left church, right? And then the next Sunday, I went back to church, and then I left church. And every Sunday during, like, the messages, like, I didn't know what they were talking about. Like, I was, like, a, a young kid. All I remember is they had these, like, tithing envelopes and, and pe- pencils and pens, and I would draw pictures the whole time. Did anybody else do that? Maybe it's just me. Okay, there's some people. I'm not the only one. And I would do that the whole time, and then when I got tired of pictures, all I would do would think about, where are we going to eat lunch after church? Because that was, like, the big thing when I was a kid, because it was family time, and it was awesome. And I thought the church was a building, and my perspective on church is completely wrong. The reality is, and hopefully we've learned over these past four or five weeks, like, the, the church is you, and the church is me. The church is not a building structure you know we're going to this new new location i, I believe there's value in having a permanent location but it's not like the answer to to us as reaching more people the answer to us reaching more people and pointing them to jesus is you and i being who god created us to be and allowing him to flow through us it's you and i being being the church there's this verse that we've hit uh every week john chapter 10 verse 10 this is something that jesus said he said the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy of our life called the devil, you've probably heard of him, or or Satan, the whole goal of his life is to distract us and and throw us off of God's plan, God's purpose, the person that God created us to be, and he is very clever in how he does it. He wants to still kill and destroy us. Jesus said, I have come that they may have life and have it to the fullest, meaning Jesus came, God in flesh. He came to give us life and life to the fullest. And we all have these longings inside of us, and sometimes we can't put them into words, but I describe it as like an emptiness I felt for so long. In my life, i just feeling like, God, there has to be so much more than what I'm living, what I'm experiencing. And these were thoughts I was having when I was growing up in church, because I had this whole religious mindset on what church was. And I didn't understand that the God of the universe wanted to have like a personal relationship with me. And I found an emptiness in religion, and it just didn't make a lot of sense to me. But Jesus said he came to fulfill that. He came to satisfy that. And that's what we've really been hitting And we've talked about having a passion for people. That was week one. We talked about living faithfully 24-7. Church is not just about what I do. It's about who I am and who I'm becoming. We talked about giving generously. And not just with money. We're talking about giving generously with our time and our talents and our treasures. Giving generously with our lives. And last week, Pastor Troy talked about connecting intentionally. And it was all about the importance of having life-giving relationships. And today's focus... It's going to sound weird, and I'm going to have stuff I'm going to be saying that's going to sound weird, and you'll understand, but it's called reproduce everything. That is a core value that we have. Reproduce everything. And it's the whole thought of healthy things reproduce healthy things. And on the opposite end of that, unhealthy produces unhealthy. And we're talking about this concept of, like, spiritual reproduction. Like, God wants to do something so life-changing inside of you, so powerful, so personal, and so intimate, and so real that will lead to you influencing and impacting the people around you. God wants to do something within us so that he can do something through us, and that's powerful. But I don't know about you. I struggle with giving away a lot of unhealthy. It's like, I want to be in a healthy place, and God's challenging me right now with my life. Like, I want to give away the healthiest version of Brent that I can, and like, I'm I'm trying to find balance in that, and what that looks like, but we as people can struggle with being really good at producing, like, unhealthy, while we desire to produce healthy. Now, why does God want to use us? Why does God want to use us, like, as a church, and as people, and here's the truth. It's we're his only option. There's no plan B on God's redemptive plan for reaching humanity. You and I are the answer, and Some of us, that might scare us because we look around and we're like, oh my goodness, like we're God's solution to a sinful, broken, and messed up world. And the answer is yes, we are. There's no plan B. That God created the church to be the church. And when the church is not the church, nobody else is going to be the church. And when the church is not the church, people suffer. People suffer when the church is not the church. And that's challenging to me. There's these verses from Psalm chapter 1, and we're talking about reproducing everything. And we'll figure out a little bit more as we get into this message on what that practically looks like and what that means. But I love these verses because we're talking about being in a healthy place where God can use my life to impact and influence others in a healthy way. And then you have the unhealthiness that a lot of us, even myself, still experience. But there's these verses from Psalm chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. I'm going to kind of contrast this here. So it says this. Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in with mockers. But they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. Here's the key. They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither. They prosper in all they do. It's health. It's, it's a, a, a healthy place. It's producing fruit. Their leaves never wither. They prosper in all they do. That's what I want with my life. I know that's what you want with yours, being in a place of health. The next verse is like the complete opposite of those first three verses. This is what it says. But not the wicked. They are like worthless chaff scattered by the wind. Now, I'm not calling us wicked or anybody wicked. We can substitute the, the word unhealthy, but like not the unhealthy. They are like... Worthless chaff scattered by the wind. And chaff, I don't know a lot about, uh, a whole lot, but I know that grain has chaff on the outside, and when you're trying to get grain, you've got to get the chaff off because it's like dry and, and, and uh, old and, and dead, and it's like the outer, outer skin of, of grain. Am I correct? Does anyone know what I'm talking about? I'm seeing some are going, yes, so awesome. Smarter than I thought I was. But that's a good description of like dry and dead and unhealthy. And there's this contrast between those verses of fruitful and, you know, like I'm multiplying, like my leaves never wither, like I'm, I'm planted where I'm supposed to be. And then you have I'm dry, I'm dead, and the wind's carrying me wherever the wind's going to carry me because I have no control over where I'm going. And that's challenging when we're talking about reproducing everything. Looking at your life right now, where do you relate to more? the healthiness of verses one through three or the unhealthiness of verse four living life full is about fulfillment it's about satisfaction it's about health and my question for us today is where do you find yourself healthy reproduction takes time and it's a process and it takes patience and We can slow down that process, or we can hinder that process, or we can even stop the process, but we can also quicken the process if we place ourselves in the proper position. Now, there's this question that I'm about to ask that may be awkward and uncomfortable, and it says, what stops healthy reproduction? We do a series in July on physical reproduction, so if you're thinking that's where I'm going, I'm not. That's just the tagline for the stuff coming July. If you come here long, enough, you know, we're the church that talks about that stuff during July. But when I say what stops healthy reproduction, I'm talking about spiritual. What stops healthy spiritual reproduction? Because as a church, we believe God wants to reproduce and multiply spiritual things. Like God wants to do something within my life and save me from the things that I've gotten myself wrapped up in and the sins and the things that have dragged me down and pulled me away from him. He wants to come in and change me. And produce himself in me so that I can then go and impact and influence other people for him. Healthy spiritual reproduction. But what stops healthy reproduction? These three points I'm gonna run through are not only spiritual, you can also look at them from a physical perspective as well. But what stops healthy reproduction? The first blank it's spiritual immaturity. Spiritual immaturity. Sometimes in life, we just stall out spiritually. Like, we're going, 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 and then we'd stall. I used to play flight simulator as a kid on the computer. Did anyone else do that? Okay, thank you. There's some people. Flight simulator is just what it is. It's a flight simulator. Like, I wanted to be a commercial pilot for a long time, and then I realized I didn't want to, so I stopped. But I would play this game, and all I remember is, like, I had, like, these, like, joystick thing, and there's, like, I felt like I was flying a plane, like, the screen was in front of me. And all I know is, like, if you tilted too high in the plane, it would go stall out, stall out, like in bright red, like up in the right hand corner. And the plane would all of a sudden start going, and my first thought was, well, if that was real life, that'd be a really uncomfortable situation. And then I'm thinking, with this, it's like sometimes that's what happens with us with life. We're going, 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 and then we just stall out. And it's Spiritual immaturity and it can result from irresponsibility. it can result from our battle with laziness and our battle with putting things off and our battle with neglecting important things in life. Maybe you experienced something like I did where like you encountered God in like a really powerful way, and like you know the cross and Jesus dying for you and like your brokenness and like your sin like all of a sudden like it made sense, and like someone came up to you and like handed you a Bible and was like, hey, just read this Bible and like it has everything that you need in there. And it's like, that is a true statement, but it's like what we need someone to do is, hey, here's the Bible, I want you to read it and I'm going to walk this out with you. It's a thing called discipleship and it's tied right in to reproduce everything. And maybe someone did that to you and like just kind of left you on your own and it's like, how can I mature and grow if nobody's going to help me grow? And that's why we're talking about spiritual reproduction today. But spiritual immaturity can kind of prevent that from happening. A second thing is spiritual health problems, spiritual health problems. Maybe there are some walls up between you and God, and like unconfessed sin, and I'm speaking for myself too, things that haven't been brought to the light, unresolved issues, and maybe we have some bitterness or some un- unforgiveness toward God because of things that have happened to us. And I know that that can be difficult to wrestle with. Maybe we have some bitterness or unforgiveness toward someone within our life that hurt us. And it doesn't mean that what they did to us was right if we forgive them. You know, it, it hurt. But that unforgiveness and bitterness is just eating us up inside. And these things, the, these spiritual health problems, although they can be difficult to wrestle with and difficult to walk through, can actually prevent us from having healthy reproduction spiritually. It's like the river's flowing and then like th- this this dam gets put up and it prevents water from going out because there's just walls put up and we have to learn to trust God to remove those obstacles the third thing is this what stops healthy reproduction a lack of spiritual intimacy a lack of spiritual intimacy we just get busy life starts happening, we begin to prioritize certain things over other things, and what used to matter most doesn't really matter as much anymore, and maybe God used to be up here, and then life starts happening, and He's kind of like fourth or fifth on the list, and our spiritual intimacy is not where it needs to be, and time goes by, and we begin to focus more on like a religious routine rather than like a relationship with the Lord, and we focus more on what I'm doing than who I'm being and who I'm becoming, We aren't spending time in God's Word, the Bible. We aren't getting to know God more every day. That God becomes more of a distant relative than a close, heavenly Father. And it's a lack of spiritual intimacy. I can't get to know someone that I'm not spending time with. I I can't really get to know someone that I'm not being vulnerable and transparent with. And that can stop healthy reproduction. And something I think all of us desire is, is to be in a place of health, well, you know whether it's spiritually speaking or you know, just with, with life from a physical perspective, from a financial perspective, from a relational perspective, we, we want to be in a place of health and when it comes to me following the Lord and like his plan and his purpose for my life, like I, you know for me, like I want God to use me to make a difference and to impact people and to, to point people to Jesus, but I know that like if i 'm not in a healthy place to do that. I don't know what all God's going to be able to do through me. I think many times we, we, we can struggle with desiring to experience life to the fullest like Jesus talks about. Yet we feel like it's never going to really happen for us. And I want to tell you today that it can. But I think what's key for us is we have to gain a proper understanding of what that life actually looks like from God's perspective. Reproduce everything. I'm going to walk us through three points. I asked the question of how can I have healthy reproduction, spiritually speaking. There's three things that you and I have to understand. And I think if we don't understand what we're talking about today, I think we've missed the point of why Jesus came and why Jesus died for us. And the Bible says, you know, like Jesus ascended back to heaven, and he says, I'm leaving all authority you. Like I said earlier, there's no plan B. You guys are are it. I'm giving you the authority to further my kingdom here on this broken world. And if we don't understand what we're talking about today, I think we've missed the point of being the church. And sadly, we look at a lot of churches within America. I'm not saying we're a perfect church, because we're not. We've missed out on this concept of what we're talking about today. Church has become a, a a religious routine where I go and sit for an hour and a half, and I, 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 I kind of get challenged, and like I'm kind of listening, and God, God has no influence, and my relationship with the Lord is not thought about from Sunday to Sunday. When what happens from Sunday to Sunday is more important than what's happening on an hour and a half Sunday morning service. It's spiritual reproduction. You don't have to watch the news very long nowadays, and I feel like over the past few months, it just keeps getting worse on how broken and messed up our world is. I didn't watch the VMAs, but I've I've heard people talk about it, and, and it's just messed up, and it's not okay. And that's the culture that we're growing up in. That's the culture that our students and our kids are growing up in, thinking that stuff like that is normal, and it's not okay. That's not God's plan. We have to understand that God wants to use the church, you and I, to shine light within the world that we're living in. It's important for us to understand what we're talking about today. So how can I have a healthy reproduction? The first thing is this. It's be willing to to be poured into. You and I have to be willing to be poured into. Now here's the crazy thought. Whether we realize it or not, we are always allowing things to be poured into us. Whether I'm, I'm conscious of it or not, things are being poured into me. The question is, what is being poured into me? The people I'm surrounding myself with, the media that I choose to partake in, the environments that I place myself in, are pouring things into us. When I think about something being healthy, I think about that environment, like, I think I've probably mentioned the past several times that, like, I started, like, tomato plants and jalapeno plants on my back porch, and it's awesome. Like, I'll probably be able to pick, like, 12 jalapenos tomorrow. It's going to be amazing. And, like, before the sun came up today, you know, I I got up at, like, 5 a.m. I spent my time with the Lord, and then I went out and I watered my plants before the sun was even up because I knew that they needed watering because the sun was going to come out at some point today, right? And they needed to be prepared for it. And for us, I know like, they have to be in that environment, they have to have the proper nutrients, they have to be taken care of, and I'm like, we are no different. What environments are we placing ourselves in? Because whether we realize it or not, we are absorbing, and we are soaking in those things. Now, I thought this analogy went terrible for service, but I had people saying that sponge analogy was awesome, so I'll take the word of the other people, not my own. So, if you've ever wanted to be a sponge, now is your time to shine because it's going to happen. I really wanted to get one of those like sponges that actually grow in the ocean. You know what I'm talking about? Those are so cool, but I couldn't find any because I went to O'Reilly's and this was two bucks and probably the worst sponge I've ever, ever, ever uh, sponged. I don't know what you would call it. But here's the reality. All right, hopefully that this visual analogy will work. You and I are like sponges. And we are constantly absorbing things. Things are constantly being poured into us, whether we're conscious of it or not. And I know whatever I surround myself with, I'm going to absorb. So this sponge uh, is sitting in water, and it's been absorbing it. So I know as my day goes by today, my life is going to be squeezed out of me. Not in a bad way. I'm just just saying. So this is what's happening to us every, every single day, all right? This is working a lot better than the first service. Thank you, Carly Thomas, for the idea to put water in this bin. So this is us every day. We are uh, absorbing things, and then life starts happening. We start interacting with people. Things don't always go our way. Maybe things do go our way, and all of a sudden, whatever was within us is going to be coming out of us. I know by the end of the day, I feel like as close to a dry sponge as you can be. Well, I could use that dry sponge right there. But I, I feel pretty dry. Who knows what I'm talking about? Like at the end of the day, it's like, I get home, it's like, I just want to, like, not do anything. Like, I just turn my, I turn my brain off for a little while? Some days I can, some days I can't. But the reality is, we have to be willing to be poured into. And we don't have a choice on whether we are going to be poured into, but we have a choice of what will be poured into us. And thank you for the towel because I wiped it on my pants for service. So a question to ask ourselves is this. What am I filling myself with? Because we tend to get unhealthy spiritually because we try to fill our our void and our emptiness with unhealthy things. What am I allowing myself to soak in? There's this verse from Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, and I I love this verse because it's so challenging. It says, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of, of your life. And I know I look at my life and many times I feel like I get in an unhealthy place because I'm not guarding my heart. Like, I open all the windows, I open all the doors, I open all the gates, I allow anything and everything in. And my heart gets polluted with people I hang out with and places that I choose to go and things that I choose to partake in and things that I let my eyes see and my, my ears hear and unwise life choices that we make can all begin to get us in a place where we're really not that healthy. And it's because God knew what he was talking about. Guard your heart. It it determines the course of your life. It's everything. We have to be willing to be poured into. John chapter 7, verse 38, this is what Jesus says. If anyone thirsts, and it's not talking about like, like physical thirst. It's like a spiritual thirst. Like that longing that we have. Like there has to be something more. Like my life has to have a purpose. Like my life has to have a meaning. He says, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Rivers of living water will will brim and spill out of the depths of anyone who believes in me this way. Just as the scriptures say. Rivers of living water. I I used an analogy with our students two weeks ago where I had a cup and a pitcher and I was like, you guys are the cup, and it said me on the front, and it said God on the pitcher, and then I I poured it, and then it started overflowing and float off the table, and I was like, oh man, I didn't think about that, and the carpet got all wet, but it was like making a really good point that we have to figure out ways to let God fill us up. Because the Bible says when we're really following Christ, rivers of living water are going to come out of us. And here are two things that we can focus on to make sure that we, we have somewhat control of what is being poured in, into us. Because the reality is there's a lot of things in our life, our daily life, that we can't control, all right? Environments at work, people we have to talk to, maybe environments that you find you, like yourself in. S- some things we just don't have control over. But there are many things we, d- we do have control over. And we can really determine the, 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 like our spiritual life and our, our health based off these two things I'm in challenges with. You can consider it like a personal filtering system. I want God's Word to be poured into me every day. That's the first thing. God's Word every day. We need to allow God to pour into us daily because we find life in God. We find guidance in, in Him. We find truth in Him. The things we're longing for are found in Him. We just try to convince ourselves that it's found in other places. For me, I will not let a day go by in my life where I'm not spending one-on-one time with the Lord every single morning. I don't care what time I have to be up. Like, I have to be here at 7 a.m. for setup. I'm up at 5 o'clock because I need an hour with the Lord. And I'm not trying to, like, brag or boast. If you know me, that's that's not who I am. I'm trying to convey the importance of spending time in God's Word every single day. If you hang out with me long enough, I'm going to start talking about the Bible. I'm going to start talking about ways that it's challenging me. I'm going to start asking you when the last time was you spent time with the Lord, and i refer to it as your secret place. Because I know for me, as a follower of Christ, everything in my life points back to how are me and Jesus doing? How much time am I spending in in the Word? How am I allowing God to fill me up? And I know being in ministry, full-time ministry, the ministry I get to be a part of, it's an overflow of how I'm doing with the Lord. And it's no different for you. It's important that we, we allow God to fill us up. Who in here has a sweet tooth? Who in here has, like, sweet teeth? Like, there's lots of them. Do <laughs> you just get hankerings for chocolate? I do. There's this psalm from uh, Psalm 119. It says, How sweet your words taste to me, they are sweeter than honey. Now, I'm pretty sure King David wrote this psalm, and he wasn't, like, eating eating scrolls and stuff. He, he was referring to, like, personal I- intimate time he had with the Lord where he was like, man, God, your word is so sweet. Like, like, I love it. Like, I want to be around it. Like, I have a hankering, like, for your word. And we love sweet things. Like, we don't have a natural, like, desire for, like, like, sour stuff, right? It's like, like, ugh. it's like sweet stuff. Like, I want to be around sweet stuff. Like, when I get a hankering for chocolate, like, I'll, I'll go to Walgreens if I have to to get some chocolate. You know what I'm talking about? And what we're, we're talking about today is the importance of spending time in God's word, I want to challenge us, like, if, if we're really following the Lord, like, it shouldn't be, like, a bore or, or, like, a hassle for us to get in God's word every day. King David said, your words are sweet to me. They're like, honey, it's like, man, like, I desire to be in God's word. Like, I, I want to spend time with the Lord. because That's where our satisfaction is found. Even Jesus had times where he had to get away from everyone and spend personal time with the Lord because he knew it was important. We gotta fill ourselves with God's word. Secondly, I gotta be in the right relationships. If I wanna be willing to be poured into you, I need to be in the right relationships, meaning we need to be willing to lay down our pride and be challenged by others. And we need to learn to listen to others and be held accountable to other people, meaning like People know what's going on with me, like any things I'm I'm struggling with and dealing with. Like someone in my life knows thoughts I'm having and things I'm experiencing and things I'm wrestling with. I need someone holding me accountable, holding me to a higher standard. That's something all of us need. We need to to learn to take steps to be vulnerable with people. And I know that can be challenging because the truth is some of us in here have taken steps to be vulnerable with people, and it backfired. And we don't trust people like we would like to because we, we placed our trust in someone and they let us down and I understand that's difficult and that that happens. But I know that it's God's will that we have people within our life that we can just be vulnerable with and we can share our struggles with. That's why we think it's important to do life groups. There's a table out here, out in our lobby area, and we really want to give you guys an opportunity to take a step toward being in right relationship with people. We call them life groups because life Happens and life change happens in the context of relationships. It's, it's important. So if I want to be in a place where I can have healthy reproduction, i got to be willing to be poured into. Secondly, it's this. I have to be willing to be pruned. I have to be willing to be pruned. Now, when I hear the word pruned, I get a mental picture of someone standing up against the wall with a bunch of people throwing prunes at them. And does anyone else get that? <laughs> Good, you guys laughed. That was the only reason I said it. But that was an actual thought I had, so welcome to my brain. Prune is a word for pain, a word for being stretched. And if we don't understand this concept, following the Lord is not going to make a lot of sense to us. Because I grew up thinking, as soon as I become a Christian, my life is going to be easy. I'm not going to struggle with sin anymore. Like, I'm not going to have any problems. Like, everyone's going to love me, right? And it's like, no, the reality is not. Like, my life became harder. I follow in the Lord because I'm no longer doing what I think is best. I'm following what God thinks is is best. And what God thinks is best is not always what's going to be easy, but it's what's going to be worth it. And also I'm learning nowadays too, being a Christian, not everybody loves you anymore. And I'm okay with that. But I know pruning is important. The Bible says this in John chapter 15. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit. Meaning parts of my life that are like not godly or things that like are dragging me down or are causing me to be unhealthy like god's trying to cut those parts of my life away and he goes on to say and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so they will will produce even more fruit so i don't know if you guys caught that like obviously we're where god's trying to rid me of things that are wrong within my life because he he doesn't want me carrying that stuff but it also says like things that are going pretty good like god's going to prune those things to make room for better things I feel like that's important. And I think we need to be pruned because if we were honest today, there are often things within our lives that are unhealthy. Things that hinder our growth. Things that breed unhealthiness. Unhealthy habits. Unhealthy relationships. Unhealthy thoughts. Unhealthy motives. Unhealthy goals. And unhealthy desires. And as people, we have a problem with pain. We don't like it. Like if I were to ask you right now, who on here loves being in pain? Nobody would be like, I love pain because if you stood up and said that i'd try to get you some help because we don't love pain it's just something we don't enjoy we tend to run away from it right like if something hurts like i want to get away from it which is good i think god wired that within us but i think we've begun to program ourselves to think that all pain is bad and that's just not true we hate pain just for pain's sake i had these buddies in high school and I don't, to this day, I don't understand why th- they did it. They would get staplers and open the stapler and put their arm out. And you know what they would do? <laughs> They're like, huh, look at my arm. I'm like, you stapled your arm. Of course you're <laughs> bleeding. And they'd be like, you want to try? I'm like, no, I don't. Thanks. This is weird. That's pain for pain's sake. Like, there's nothing good within that. And as people, we don't like pain for pain's sake. But when it comes to the Lord, pain and pruning is different. It brings healing to us. One of my favorite scriptures in the Bible, it's James chapter 1. and it says this, it says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. When your endurance is fully developed, you'll be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Now, when I read this scripture, I think of, all right, I'm going to go through some difficult times. And God says that through those hard times, like he's going to strengthen me. And I believe that. But something that we may not think about is that tests not only strengthen my faith if I allow them to, but they also reveal the faith that I already have. And I don't know about you, but for me, it kind of scares me sometimes when I'm being pruned and I'm going through like a tough season and God's just stretching me because He's trying to rid me of myself so I can learn to rely less upon me and more upon Him. And it scares me how little faith I have and how much I start to doubt God and question God because it's painful. But I'm learning to trust God through the pain and I learned to trust God through being pruned and being stretched. Something I always pray is, God, create in me clean hands and a pure heart. I really like that Bible verse. God, if there's anything in me that offends you, God, rid me of it. God, transform me. God, change me because I know that I don't want to give away something that's of me. I want to give away something that's of you. I know for me the most growth I've had in my life have come from moments and seasons of my greatest pains many times in life I want to be the person that God's created me to be but I don't want to endure the process it takes to get there because it can be painful but it's good if we want to be in a place where we can have healthy reproduction where God can use us to impact people for him I have to be willing to be poured into I have to be willing to be poured into and I have to be willing to be pruned The pruning process is so that less of me remains and more of God begins to be built within my life. And the third point is this. I have to be willing to be poured out. I have to be willing to be poured out. We are always giving something away, whether we realize it or not. But we can't give away something that we do not have. We're always giving something away, but we can't give away something we do not have. I know for me, you don't want what I, Brent Davidson, can give you. Because it's prideful, it's, it, it's self-centered, it, it's sinful, it, it has it's negative attitude, it's disrespectful, it's, it, it's, it's wrong. And I don't, I don't want people to get that, that part in me. But I know that the Bible says God wants to change me and fill me, and I can give what God's doing in me and who God's created me to be I can can begin to give that away and that's why for me I'm never going to let a day go by where I'm not allowing God to pour into me every single morning I'm in his word every single morning I'm being challenged there's this interesting place called the Dead Sea, it's over in Israel I believe and what's interesting about this there's all these streams and creeks and rivers flowing into this thing and all these streams creeks and rivers have fish and stuff living in them and then once you hit the Dead Sea, there's all this salt and all these things that n- let nothing live in it. And it's because there's no way to flow out for this water. It comes, it goes, and it dies, and nothing can live within it. And I think about our lives. I've got to be willing to be poured into. I've got to be willing to be pruned. And sometimes we feel dead because we're not allowing God to flow through us. We're not allowing God to flow through us. We're not allowing God to use our life There's these two verses that I love that a guy named Paul wrote in the Bible. He says in Philippians, I will rejoice even if I lose my life, pouring it out like a liquid offering to God, just like your faithful service is an offering to God. And I want all of you to share that joy. He says he's going to pour his life out. So this is what God has in mind for us for a typical day. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spend time with my Lord in, in the morning. And all, all throughout the day, this is, this is what I'm doing with my life. I'm pouring it out. I'm letting God use me. Come the end of the day, this, this is how I feel. And I need to get time with the Lord in again and allow him to pour into me. It's a liquid offering to God. God, I am just a vessel. If you can use me, use me. Another verse that Paul said, he said, My life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned me by the Lord. And it says, the work of telling others the good news, meaning we all make mistakes, we all sin, we all mess up, but Jesus came and paid our price. Because when someone rebels and someone messes up, somebody has to pay for what's been done. And the Bible says our sins separated us from God. And there was no way that the amount of work that we could do, the amount of good ideas we could have to make ourselves better, nothing can, can, can reunite us but a sacrifice. And the Bible says Jesus came and gave up his life for us while we were sinners so that we could be restored and have salvation, restored relationship with the living God. And there comes a point where God, God, God wants to, you to pour your life out for the kingdom. And it, it's, it, it's exhausting and it's, it's painful. I know for me, I've dedicated my life to my king. I don't care what I have to go through, what I have to experience, how much I have to be stretched, how much I have to endure. It's like heaven and hell are realities. There is no plan B. We are the church. And when we are not the church, people suffer harm. Healthy reproduction. I have to be willing to be poured into. I have to be willing to be pruned. And I have to be willing to be poured out. For my king. If you guys will shut your eyes for me, I'm gonna wrap us up here. And I can tell you our purpose as a church, it's summed up with the simple truth that we are God's hands and feet to a hurting and broken city called Omaha, Bellevue, Papillion, and La Vista. We're, we are the answer, God within us. We begin to live life full when we begin to experience God flowing through us to reach others. Maybe you're here today. You guys can go ahead and shut your eyes for me if you would. And Maybe you don't have a relationship with the Lord and you've never really come to the end of yourself. saying, God, I messed up. God, I made mistakes. God, I'm a sinner. God, come and fix me. And you've never personally received Jesus in your life and what he did for you on the cross. Today is is your day and now is your time. Maybe you're here today and you've just been challenged. Maybe you're walking with the Lord, but you need to be willing to be poured into more. You You need to be more willing to be pruned and to be stretched. You need to be willing to be poured out. Every day for the king. Every day for the kingdom. Every day for the lost. Every day for the hurting. Every day for the broken. If you find yourself in that first group of saying, I don't feel like I have a relationship with the Lord, I want to I take that step today. I just want to see your hand so I, I can know to pray. Thank you for your hands. Maybe you're in that second group and something from the message just challenged you personally. I don't know what that is, but if you're a challenge in some way, God wants to use you, will you allow I just want you to raise your hand for me just so I can know to pray. Well, God, I just thank you for this morning. God, I thank you for your word. God, I thank you that it challenges us. And sometimes you make us uncomfortable for our own comfort in, in the future. God, and I just pray for our time together today. God, whatever you're speaking to each and every one of us, God, that we would hear you, God, and that we would have the proper response. God, it's things in your name.